0: For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. Featuring a reimagined exterior with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and an interior built with robust materials and integrity, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. Its durability has been tested to the extreme while the cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Learn
1: more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
0: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1115 over at id10t.com. We have many new things, new designs. Uh, There's a Daryl and Dog shirt up that is 100% delightful. Just through and through. One of my favorite things we've put up on the site so far. On uh, We're putting it on uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, um, raglan t-shirts, which are those like three-quarter baseball sleeve shirts. Uh, And it was designed by an incredibly talented artist named Matthew Lineham. Uh, who is at Art on Instagram. So head on over to the exclusive Daryl and Dog shirt at ID10T.com and sign up for our email list while you're there so you can find out about such things so you don't have to hear about them in the intro of uh, podcasts and whatnot. Uh, let's talk about you, the ID10T community corkboard, like Aaron, who writes, I just want to share this great card game my friend Gia and I created. Not to be confused with, which is the name of the game, is a fast-paced, semi-strategic game that encourages you to be a know-it-all in front of your friends and family. Uh, If you enjoy card games or can name all the members of that one band or have an encyclopedic knowledge of people's names, or if you just know a lot of different names from history, literature, movies, television, please help this game become a reality. We think you'll enjoy it as much as we do. Uh, It's on Kickstarter, and the short link is bit.ly slash not dash confused. So thank you, Aaron. Well done. Events at ID10T.com for anyone else who wants to share the thing. Um, this episode is comedian Erica Rhodes, who I met, uh, she did At Midnight a bunch, super funny, super cool and nice, and uh, she has a new comedy special out called La Vie and Rhodes, um, which was done uh, during the pandemic, actually, outside um, in a kind of a drive-in configuration at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, and that is coming out April 13th on uh, comedy dynamics. And it's just so inspiring to see uh, that Erica was out there making comedy during the pandemic. I have not made any comedy during the pandemic. So I'm really impressed and inspired by the comics who have. Uh, And also just excited that things are starting to open back up. I might actually have uh, tour dates soon. Erica definitely has tour dates uh, that you can go check out. So uh, look for her. Uh, Erica Rhodes, fantastic guest. Really great comedian on the ID10T podcast 1115, which we begin right now. Roll the thing!
1: Initiating ID10T protocol.
2: Right. Hey, Chris.
0: How's it going?
2: Good. How are you doing?
0: We're hanging in there, you know. Right. We're we are hanging in there. Oh God, we're so close. We're just like the light at the tunnel. It's just so like we're just, we're just like it feels like we're just about to hit the lights. You know, like that's kind of how we feel over here.
2: Where Where are you?
0: We're in Los Angeles. Okay. Where are you? LA. Oh, you're in LA too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just, I mean, listen, we're not ready for indoor dining yet, but <laughs> we just are starting to feel like, oh my gosh, there could be I know people are starting to book shows, you know? And yeah. I'm not there yet, but it's fun. <laughs> but it's like, it feels good knowing that it's, it's happening.
2: Are you doing the vaccine thing or what are you
0: we are going to yeah for sure but even even once that happens we're still like we don't have this mindset of like let's just run around town and go indoors everywhere you know like we're still we're going to do it and it's really just you know like a step but i'll be able to like hug my mom who got vaccinated a couple weeks ago and Aww. we'll be able to see some friends and um you know, go on a road trip maybe, but, but we're not going to go crazy. What about you?
2: Well, I've been crazy cause I've already been traveling.
0: <laughs> really? How is it?
2: I mean, it's fine. Cause like I've done clubs where it's just really small turnouts, you know, right. and I don't do any meet and greets and I just wasn't that freaked out.
0: Oh, that's good. That actually is really, um, that's really encouraging to hear because it's hard for me to th- even think about that right now. Uh, Cause the last time I did stand up was like February. Th- I think it, I think there might've been a February 29th in 2020, but it was the end of February. I was at the punchline in San Francisco doing meet and greets, you know, giving high fives, taking pictures and stuff. And then, like a week later was like, don't leave your house. And so uh, I just immediately sort of just shut down to the possibility of stand up. But you say it's like, it feels okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I felt pretty safe. Like once I did it a few times, I was like, okay, I'm over the hump of really freaking out. But I also don't have a family I'm worried about, you know, like I'm not, I don't have like, I'm not living with other people. Right. So I don't feel responsible. Plus, I, I I know a lot of people have said this, but I was convinced I had it last March. Uh-huh. Like, because I got sick twice in a row and I just felt like, okay, I got it over with.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, maybe you did. And maybe... Maybe. Maybe that, was, maybe that was, you know, like helped kind of shield you from just the craziness of everything. I just, I can't imagine... Like, the people that come to see your shows, they must be super psyched to be out of the house, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, they're so happy to be there. Like, I did shows in Alameda, and it was outside, so, you know, that felt safe, but they had not... None of them had been out. They were like, we're just amazed that we're even out. (laughs) Like, I don't even think they heard any comedy. They were just like, thank you for getting us out of the house today.
0: (laughs) Great. I mean, that... You know, because listen, you know, it was easy to sort of take all that stuff for granted before and be like, I don't got, what do we have to like put on clothing and go park the car and have to wait in a lot, you know, do- and now people are like, oh my God, let's put on clothes and go get in the car and go, you know, so it's those, those things that help us to reappreciate just the simple wonders of life, like just going to a show.
2: Yeah, it feel, it does feel nice to perform. I, I just, I'm not good with downtime. Right. No, I'm not good with that.
0: I mean, it is pretty impressive that, uh, I mean, I am in total awe of the fact that you were able to continue writing, continue performing, shot a special. Like, <laughs> like my, Honestly, my comedy brain just shut down because when I don't have shows coming up, it's very hard for me to, to feel motivated. And so everything just sort of like goes into screensaver mode.
2: Did you do anything online at all or did you just do your podcast and yeah?
0: I, I didn't did you do a lot of like Zoom style shows?
2: In the beginning and then I got burnt out. I was like, this just takes too much energy. I feel like I'm like shouting into like I'm trying to reach them. And so <laughs> I'm like leaning in and shouting and it just didn't feel it didn't feel organic, you know?
0: I thought I I had was concerned that it would feel that way. And I watched a couple that I was like, oh, this is actually, the comics are doing a great job. And but, and then, but then Ron Funches said, well, he goes, it, you just have to pretend it's like those early open mic days. And I go, oh my God, that's the perfect, where you might get a reaction or maybe there's only a couple people. And, you know, but Jackie Cation does them all the time and she's doing great. So I, you know, I think some people are just really adept at adapting to it. And I'm just, I'm just a real fuddy-duddy about it. I'm like, I just need to be in a room with people. I can't, I don't, I feel weird.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not the same. And there's a delay, so you have to wait. You have to, like, wait for the laugh to land.
0: Jackie actually had a good note for me on that, which she was like, you have to (laughs) pretend. And it it is sort of a fun theater of the mind exercise. She's like just pretend you're in a big theater and you're waiting for the sound to hit the back of the room. <laughs> like, oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll pretend I'm in a big theater instead of in my living room <laughs> with, 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 in their living rooms. <laughs> and their internet connection. What a fun exercise. That is.
2: Pretend it's where you want to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, I always thought I was, I really questioned like, well, maybe I'm not a real comic because real comics need to be on stage all the time. And honestly, I love performing more than anything, but I'm also fine when I'm not doing it. Like, I don't feel like, oh, man, I'm freaking out. I got to get up there. I just feel like, okay, well, I'll just go into like cryostasis for a year and then I'll go back when it's okay.
2: Well, maybe you're just stable. (laughs) Like...
0: (laughs) That's a positive spin,
2: right? You're just emotionally more stable than most of us. (laughs) Maybe you don't lose your identity. You know, maybe you don't tie your identity to what you do as much as some people,
0: you know, I, 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 I know I used to. And then as I got older, I started to try to separate from a little bit because someone said something to me once that I found very impactful. There were, it was something like, you are not your career or your, it's something like your career is just a thing you do. It's not who you are. And I was like, Oh my, which is very related to like your thoughts are not who you are. Oh my God. What, you know, it's all that kind of mindfulness stuff where you, you're like, Oh, but my thoughts have been talking to me my whole life. So they're just, that's a separate. Yeah. So your career is not, no, you can, just, you know, Oh my God, what, you know, I mean, it was was kind of life-changing, but then also I feel like in a way I was like, oh man, is is my work going to suffer now because I I feel better about myself?
2: No, I think you'll just live longer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. I do miss it though. Yeah, but I,
2: I think it's normal to take breaks, right? I mean, when you've been doing it a long time, you don't need to have that hustle mentality.
0: I think you're right. I do, because I think... Tell me if you've had this experience too, where you you know there's like a comic that you watched a ton of, and then as that comic got older, you just didn't see him that much anymore. And I think sometimes when comics hit their like 50s, 60s, whatever, it's just such a it's such a hungry. There's like a hunger that you have to have to perform because it's hmm. the performing. Because my wife says like, do you miss it? And I go, well, I miss the performing, but I don't miss all of the. Getting on planes, having to futs to get my luggage, you know, getting up at seven o'clock to do morning radio, get, you know, doing five shows, doing, you know, so there's, a, you know, like making sure that I'm.
2: Like be- the work, the work part. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want the fun part. Yeah. Could you post more because your show's, oh God, okay. You know, the actual performing I love, but I realize like everything around it's kind of a drag
2: it's the traveling sucks i almost had a panic attack on my way home i was in utah last weekend and it's already crazy at the airport and they redid the utah airport so now you have to walk like three miles to the gate so we walk three miles then they send us down back the stairs we went up three flights already now we go back down then they send us onto a shuttle and the shuttle goes out to the plane and we're all stuck on the shuttle for like 25 minutes with no air and the sun beating down on us. Are these and I was like, can we this- open the door?
0: <laughs> is it, is, are these COVID protocols or is it just like, what, what I don't know. Have to do do with
2: Then they're like, oh, well, we're going to have the, the middle seat empty. Well, that means nothing if you put us boxed into a shuttle for 30 minutes together <laughs> with no air circulation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that reminds me a bit of that game where you do the, like the, I think it was called like, where make Oh the, my God,
2: you that know. just brought back so many memories. This game. What what, is, what game problem? is that?
0: But it was like, you'd fold the paper up and then you'd put your yes! hands in it and do the, you know, forward side, forward side, forward side. And then you'd, you'd open up a thing. Oh my like,
2: God. That game. Do do brought, do that great. That, I, I was obsessed with that game when I was a kid.
0: I can't remember what it was called, but it, but
2: you would uh, make the paper things. And then, yeah, you would, you would say which it was like a topic or you choose something.
0: Yeah. And then, and then, and then, uh, Uh, a friend of mine had an old friend of mine had a joke about it where you'd go through like nine steps and then you'd open up the last thing and it'd be like, fuck you, you know? (laughs) And that to me felt like what you just described where it's like, they put you through all these things and I'm surprised that some date agent didn't just come out and flip everyone off and go, okay, fuck you guys. And then they just leave you on the tarmac. And then that's it, you know? Yeah.
2: Basically that's what it felt like. It was horrible. So yeah, you're not missing out with the travel.
0: Were you at wise guys? Yeah. That's a fun club.
2: I love it. It's one of my favorite clubs.
0: They used to, there was one that was just out of the center of town a little bit. And it was like, the club was really kind of like a conference room. But then the last time I was there a few years ago, it was like a real, and that room was fun too. But this, but this room was like a nice little dinner theater club. Really, really Which one do
2: you do when you do it? Have you done Ogden?
0: I don't think I've done Ogden. I did the one that's like kind of, more in the center of town
2: okay the downtown one I guess
0: so yeah I guess okay. the downtown one. yeah 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 but I miss that club and I miss what are your favorite clubs I miss, I miss comedy works in Denver Acme in Minneapolis I think you maybe did your last album at Helium I'm guessing
2: yes I love Helium
0: Helium's great
2: yeah I had done one show there when I cho- decided to do my album there <laughs> <laughs> I I had one good show and I was like, that's it. I'm doing my album there. And then I, then I was like, wait, that might've been just a lucky night, <laughs> but, but it worked, it worked out. out yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Erica, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about because I read, is it cello? Do you play cello?
2: I do. I have it right over there.
0: And your mom was a violinist. Yes. I am so, and then, of course, we'll talk about comedy, but I, (laughs) have you been playing cello your entire life?
2: I have, but I have to say I take very long breaks now.
0: But you've, but, but, but when you start when you're a kid, it's always just in your muscle memory, right?
2: That's true. Yeah.
0: I'm so jealous of people who started an instrument when they were young, because I started as a very grown adult, and I find it thoroughly really, I love it but it's very frustrating how uh, many
2: do you play more than one instrument I forget
0: do you uh, play- I I mean I play uh guitar and piano um I'm- you don't play trumpet do you no but that would be great
2: why did I think you okay so one time I saw you at the nerd at the meltdown did I, I have feel a- like do you have a trumpet joke
0: no, uh, I don't think so. Okay, you know. must
2: have been talking about guitar then.
0: Or, or I mean, you know, who knows? Because that <laughs> that was such a fun, like, loose room that there could have been, like, a trumpet just sitting. Like, there could have been a trumpet prop, you know? <laughs> I don't and,
2: know why I'm thinking no you idea. said something about trumpet at some point, but it might have just been that you were talking about an instrument.
0: Maybe i am been wasting my time on the two wrong instruments. And trumpet... You know, how many stand-up trumpetists are there? <laughs> trumpeteer? Trumpetists?
2: Actually, that's a really... trumpist Trumpists?
0: No. trumpet. trumpeter. No. Trump- 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 Tr- trumpeteer. I like trumpeteer.
2: This is going to be the podcast where we talk about Trump the most, but it's not about Trump. <laughs> it's about trumpets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's about literal trumpets.
2: You yeah, were talking about the trumpet.
0: Yeah, yeah. I support trumpets. I don't. What, what's the confusion? I, I, just, I don't know what's hard about that. Tell us, us they are they fretless?
2: Yes. So it's just the uh, bridge and the strings.
0: That to me is a mind blowing. Like I can't even fully wrap my mind around it because without having really struggled through guitar the last two and a half years. And, and that's even with frets, like so much of the map of the guitar is based on the fret board and getting around and all the patterns. So can you please explain to me how a fretless instrument works?
2: Well, so you learn like when you're little, you learn where the first note is like. Um, so you learn the scale and it's muscle memory. So you just kind of so they, they'll put stickers on when you first start. Okay. To remember. And then it's muscle memory and, and your ear. Okay. you learn by
0: ear. Oh my God. Like all the,
2: yeah. And the separation of your fingers.
0: And did you, when you started, did you, did you feel like that this was a potential career path or was it just, well, my mom's a violinist, so I'm going to take cello and who knows?
2: Yeah, I went to, I, I was a music major in college So I was a cello major at at Boston University for a year. Yeah. And uh, then I dropped out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing like academic study to take the real fun out of (laughs) playing an instrument.
2: (laughs) Well, the problem is that I, I wasn't good at music theory. I was very bad. So I learned everything by ear. So I would like, I would sit in the back of orchestra until I learned it. And I would sort of air play, like I would kind of fake playing. Yeah. And that's not fun, you know, to like sit there not knowing how to play for the first couple weeks. And then I'd finally learn it by ear and then I could play it. Um, but, but music theory was so hard for me.
0: And is it with a, when you're a cello player, because at least, you know, With guitar, even piano, you might say, hey, I'm going to I could be a solo player like you could play guitar by yourself or you could play piano by yourself. Is there a can you play? Is this a dumb question? Can you play cello as a solo artist or do you is it do you really just kind of need to find your way into an ensemble?
2: Yeah, that's not a dumb question. It's actually. Yeah, I think it's very hard to be a soloist with any classical instrument. It's so competitive and then there aren't that many pieces. Like, you could play Bach cello suites alone, yeah. and that's what I tend to play alone. But everything else, you know, you either need a piano or an orchestra. Even concertos, you have an orchestra behind you.
0: Right. So. I It was just the 300th anniversary of the Brandenburg Concertos, and I was reading an article about Bach that said – This, I mean, you know, when you listen to, when I listen to classical music, I just think, oh, it's so ethereal and lovely. You know, I don't ever think about, well, what what were the composers trying to say, you know? Right. Because now when we want to say something, we just say it, you know? But then um, I was reading this article about how Bach specifically would put instruments to play together that weren't considered... That people didn't think should play together like the violin which was very well regarded and the viola which was not well regarded he would play them together as sort of a, as sort of a if I'm reading this correctly as a rebellion to make a statement about class struggle to say like everything should be equal and so he would put these instruments together and I was like holy shit I just never that's
2: that's interesting I didn't know that either
0: yeah 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 i'll i'll see if i can find the article and share with you because it's it is it sort of talks and also that bach didn't uh i don't think he died thinking he was a particularly successful art composer like he there were instances of him like you know trying to get work and and submitting these brandenburg concertos to like the prince of the area to be like hey i'd like to be your core composer and the guy just never responded oh
2: no. I thought that they just knew they were successful if they had it played at all. Like if they had their music played live at all, but I guess not.
0: What do you, what do you like about uh, the Bach pieces?
2: Oh gosh, that's a hard thing to articulate. I mean, they're like some of the best pieces on cello, you know, um, they're just, gosh, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess it is because you can play it alone and it feels like, you don't need the support of of another instrument and they're very lyrical and romantic.
0: Did you ever, and this also, this also might be a dumb question, but did you ever consider incorporating a cello into your act at all? Or is that?
2: Everybody asks me that. And I just have anxiety about that because a, I don't want to be known as the cello girl, you know, like, (laughs) I don't want to be like, Oh, she's the cello girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I have to like dra- And the other thing is like I hate how like You have to drag it everywhere You know you have to drag it I mean I'd have to buy You know a separate ticket for it And oh, really? Yeah because it's It's such an expensive instrument You can't just put it with luggage Like you'd have to buy a ticket And like
0: Oh yeah I've seen how guitars get handled Like <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen like guitar cases get Chucked up onto the thing And like, I hope that was a hard shell case.
2: Yeah. And guitars are much less expensive. Like a cello is super expensive. So you just can't mess around.
0: And there's no, I mean, I guess, I mean, there probably are like inexpensive road cellos, but they probably just don't sound as great.
2: Yeah. They don't sound good at all.
1: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
0: separate from work that's for you for just your own enjoyment rather than like trying to figure out how to monetize something?
2: Yeah, I think that's how I feel about cello. I mean, it's kind of there when I want to pick it up, but I don't feel the need to do it for a purpose.
0: Yeah. It's
2: kind of just nice.
0: So then how did you, so when you left Boston university as a cello player were you already doing stand up at that point or did you no
2: No, I'm a late bloomer to stand up. Like I I did acting school first. So I went to the Atlantic Theater Conservatory uh-huh. in New York and I studied acting and then when I moved to LA, I was still not doing stand up. So, um it took me a lot a lot of failing as an actress to finally <laughs> decide to do stand up.
0: <laughs> but <clears throat> do you find it uh, stand up is i like really empowering because it 's hard to just go act, but you can just go do stand up
2: that's why well that was the main reason I started because I was like i can 't wait for someone to give me the opportunity to perform like I just I need an outlet creatively, otherwise i 'd go nuts, so I just felt like I had to figure out my own way and I was like i 'm not doing theater in l a that 's not happening.
0: Right. (laughs) I know there is theater in L.A., but it's not like, I don't think, I don't know how much, well, especially, unfortunately, now, uh, you know, but um, with just everything that's gone on in the last year. But, but, yeah, I I tend to think that when people go, I'm going to go do theater, they don't go, Los Angeles.
2: Right. I actually did try theater here at one point, and it was a terrible experience. So I was like, I'm never doing theater here again. But this is funny. One time my mom told me, like this was recent, like a couple of years ago. She's like cuz she hates LA, so she like never visits. And she's like if she goes if you do something big, I'll I'll come out there. <laughs> and I was like like big as in what? Like what do you mean big? And she goes, "Like a play?" <laughs> I mean, how <laughs> I is that? My- I don't do plays.
0: You could just tell her that your stand-up show is a play. It's a play where I play myself and <laughs> my character talks about you a little bit. <laughs> so you – okay, so you were studying conservatory in New York and then what? like what was that catalyst for you that said I'm going to go do an open mic or I'm going to – was there like – an were there exercises that you were doing at conservatory that were stand-up adjacent or – like, what was the thing that kind of pushed you in that direction?
2: Um, like, are you saying when I did theater, how did that go th- to stand up?
0: Or yeah, yeah, like, what what helped you? Because I I'm always interested to hear everyone's kind of stand up journey because comedy is just one of those things where a lot of people, you know, we we grow up and we, in our schools and in our towns or whatever, we feel, oh, it's weird. I don't fully like vibe with everyone else here and then you start to get older and you meet other comics and then you realize like oh it comedy's just a thing and other people think in this kind of weird roundabout way and i'm not weird but these are the people that i connect with uh and so i do feel like we do we are sort of called to it in a weird way did you feel that way at all
2: It's funny because I felt like I got a lot of clues that it was what I was supposed to do before I caught on. Like you just uh, triggered my memory because I remember I auditioned for Juilliard acting school and auditioned. I didn't get in. (laughs) And I went I went and um, all the I overheard this Actress girl talking about her process before the audition. She's like, Yeah, I just like, I just want to like be where like I can just like be myself and like be open and like just like really be vulnerable. And like the other girl was like, Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like, wow, like that's so amazing. I'm just like listening to these people. And this guy comes in with a cello, he was like in the orchestra. And he just goes, to be or not to be, and just made fun of everybody. And I was like, that's my people. Those are my people. And so I got confused because I thought, oh, it's a musician I like, right? He had a cello, so I should do music. And then I realized, oh, no, it's, it's funny. Funny right. is what I like. Right. You know, it's it's not the mu- – well, musicians happen to be really funny.
0: So. Yeah, a lot of musicians are, and I feel like a lot of comedians – kind of want to be musicians but a lot of musicians kind of want to be comedians at the same time
2: totally that is like completely true
0: um did i'm so fascinated by the so they sent me full disclosure they i didn't get sent the new special until yesterday so i have not unfortunately had a chance to watch it so i a thousand times apologize i will watch it but i did when we booked you for the podcast i listened to sad lemon which was great. I mean like again, Portland Helium, you know, like the set was great and uh, and you had you had one of those jokes in there that I heard and I was like, oh my God, it was one of those jokes like I wish I had written, which was um, uh, spoiler for anyone who hasn't heard the album yet. I was sober for 15 years and then I turned sixteen. I was like, God damn it that <laughs> joke was, it was just there. It was just there the whole time so.
2: Hats oh up. thanks. That's such an old joke. I like never do it anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a great joke.
2: Oh, thanks.
0: So, uh is on Rhodes is it a new set or is it some of some of that set or what's the what was the cuz the last album just came out in 2019.
2: Yeah, it's um it still has some of those jokes. Um but then I I think it's about half and half.
0: And you did it at as sort of like I know you did it at the Rose bowl. Yeah. Um, how, what, how I have a lot of questions about the outdoor comedy with people in cars, like drive-in style. Uh, do you, was it, um, was it fun or did you kind of have to like readjust to the vibe of it?
2: Well, it was, it was a little bit strange because not everybody was mic'd. So you could only hear about 20 cars, mics, okay. but you could hear them, but it was a little bit, I had to adjust because sometimes I would think a joke would bomb, you know, but then suddenly there'd be the like honking yeah. from the back. And then it would be like a honking applause break. So I would, I, so, so it was a little confusing because you couldn't really read like if something worked or not, you just had to trust that it, it would work eventually, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, that's such an interesting dynamic because it uh, it in theory, like makes sense. Well, if people, you know, like they pull up and they're outside, if you can see them and you can hear them, it's, it's a comedy show. Like there's no, but I just could never, I, I knew people who did, who did some of the drive in shows and they, they were like, oh, it's, it's a, it's such an interesting dynamic. The horn honking to me is hilarious.
2: Yeah, because you you're used to having bad negative connotations with honking, but then <laughs> by the end of the set, I'm like, I love honking. I I want more honking.
0: Not off of the people are laying on their horn.
2: I like this thing. Yeah. I really like this. You are great. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really <laughs> weird. So yeah.
0: And uh, do you? When did you shoot it? Uh July. Oh! Oh! Wow! That was like. That was really early on with everything. You didn't waste any time.
2: Well, yeah, because we were initially supposed to do it in April um as part of Tribeca. Oh. It was like it was going to be part of Tribeca. And the funny part, the joke on me part is that when they first brought it to me, I looked at the venue we were going to do the special in, you know, in New York. Yeah. And I told my manager I was like, I don't know, the ceilings look a little high. <laughs>
0: So the good news is we've taken out the ceiling completely.
2: (laughs) Now the ceiling is the sky. Is that okay for you?
0: Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. (laughs) Sorry for the notes.
1: Yeah. Sorry.
0: (laughs) You're so right though. I like the, I think people who don't, who don't really understand like all of the elements that really go into a comedy show, like what really make a comedy show work and you're so right. Like tall ceilings are tough. They're really, really tough. tough. You, you you really need like kind of a low ceiling to sort of just, so all the jokes can just sort of skim off the ceiling, just like create a little atmosphere above people, but you don't want it to be like out in space.
2: That's what's great about that Ogden Club, um, the Wise Guys Ogden Club. The ceiling is pretty hot, low. Yeah. And same with uh, Acme Comedy Club.
0: pretty
2: pretty low ceiling
0: yeah i often wonder if it has something to do with the fact that comedy like comedy should feel a little like a speakeasy in a way like oh it's kind of naughty what are we you know like so sometimes when clubs are too nice it can be a little tough because i think there's i think that's why meltdown worked because it was just in the back of a comic book store like you know there were big posts in the middle of the room the ceilings were super low like it shouldn't have it was almost like oh we snuck into this back room and now we're telling jokes and
2: yeah it feels like, kind of, it feels more intimate like you feel like you're sharing an experience
0: that's exactly right yeah and yeah. that that can dissipate when you have like a really tall but it, but you felt do you feel good about like when did you do the show one time or two times or how, how did well,
2: we did it once? And so that was tough, you know, because there are a few things I will admit. I wish I did differently, but I'm sure that's normal. Totally um, normal. You know, certain things I think I wouldn't have done had it not been a drive in. I just a few little weird habits crept in where I was like, well, why did I say that? Or why did I do that?
0: So I don't know. I think it I, I, I think it's a really cool thing because it will always be a time capsule of this moment.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: And I don't think a lot of other, I don't know how many other people did specials that way, but I can't imagine it was, if anyone else, that it was that many. Like, it's going to be a real special thing.
2: Yeah, that makes me feel better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And also, again, I'm just, I'm so impressed um, because when I heard that uh, when your name came in to do the show, and they said, "Oh, she did this," I was like, "Oh my god, we! Ha- I would love to have her on because you did it at midnight a couple times. You yeah, were I did it me. a bunch and,
2: of times, and and that was a big deal for me, by the way. So I oh, should thank really? I should thank you. Yeah,
0: Well, no, you were great on the show. It was great, and and um, it and it it really you really um like your style worked really well in that environment too. Like just the you know, like quick jokes, you know, like really punch. It was just, it was You were great on the show. Oh,
2: Thanks. Well, so are you. I still get people who after shows being like, I, f- I found you from at midnight.
0: I, I, you know, when people say like, uh, I I'm torn about it because when they go, Oh, I miss it. You know, I wish it would, you know, I wish there was a way to do it again. And I always sort of feel like maybe that's good because you never want people to be like, is that still on? You know what I mean? Like, it's nice when people, when you sort of get to kind of wrap something up and people think of it fondly and not like, oh God, this show, is it's it's still on, you know?
2: Well, also you you also caught a wave, you know, in the beginning of Twitter.
0: Right. Where it's
2: like, it was a novelty to sort of have that audience engagement like that. Right. You know, and now it's a little bit like everyone, Twitter's just a little bit crazy. I don't think it would be the same.
0: I, I tell you though, I miss... I just I love comedy so much. yeah and that, that I miss just being around comics and getting to sort of riff with really you know funny people and getting to discover comedians that I wasn't as familiar with before and playing around with comedians that I look up to. I mean, it, it just you know, have you do you ever think about like pitching a panel show or would you want to host a panel show?
2: I don't think I'd be very good at it. I was in awe of you. Like you could just you you have one of those personalities where you can just keep things going and I am not that type. Like I'm like I get distracted. I you know, I'm not organized in my brain. So hosting is hard for me. Like even hosting normal shows has always been hard.
0: It uh it it is a weird I don't know. It it is a weird muscle, I guess, but I don't know. I I really honestly think, you know, maybe it's something just to to pitch out there, you know, because I think to me, panel shows should be everywhere. Like England has a shit ton of panel shows and there are almost none in the States. And it feels like there's a million channels. Why are there not more panel shows? Like it's a great way for comedians to not have to burn through their material. You know, they're fun to do. People seem to enjoy them. So I don't know. I, may, maybe it's something to pitch out there that you'd consider at some point like coming up with a with a show if if that ever interested you.
2: Yeah, maybe. Are you thinking of doing another one?
0: I always think of doing another one, but it's always <laughs> just trying to figure out like what it like what's the what's the hook of it? Like the at Midnight had a really strong hook because of a really
2: Midnight good was hook. Seeing. Yeah, really good.
0: And so I don't I think for the longest time like Chelsea lately worked really well, but then there was this, like everyone tried to copy that show and they're like, Oh, you just put a bunch of funny people around a table and then magic happens. And it's like, well, it needs more of a structure than that. And so it's really, and they were able to do it well on that show. And I loved doing that show, but it, But it's, there's more to it than just like squish a bunch of funny people together and watch the magic. So to me, it just always comes down to like, well, what's the idea? Like, what is, what's the reason? Having a fake game show was a blast because it was a great reason to get everyone together. But, you know, now I just, I'm like, ah, what's the, what's the, what's the thing that gets all the comics there that justifies its existence? Right. Then I, I don't know. Do you, uh, is acting, do you audition for acting stuff still?
2: I do still audition once in a while when it's something like I, I would really want to do. Um, but I'm more interested in sort of pitching my own show. I've been pitching like my own stuff. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm more interested in sort of writing, creating my own thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I had, I, I realized that when you audition for stuff, The, I don't mean you, I mean the general, me, you, uh, all the, uh, every other actor, you know, it's, it is that sort of frustrating thing of like, eh, there's no way to know how or when I'm going to get picked for something. And then there's that thing where you audition and then you don't get it. And then you feel bad, even though you kind of didn't want it to begin with. And it's right. It's just that kind of weird frustration.
2: Yeah. It's sort of a hamster wheel thing.
0: It's a total hamster wheel, and it and some people are really, really good at it, and i just I was never a great auditioner,
2: no me neither not not really my thing
0: so are you working on a scripted like a scripted half hour or a scripted hour
2: yeah, um i well, I wrote a pilot with a friend, and we, uh i we took it out, but we never took it out to networks, so we wanted to try to take it out to networks, yeah, and that was a little bit more of like um. A higher concept thing, kind of crazy. Yeah. And then I was working on something with a writer and we were taking that out too, but I didn't r- really write it as much. So I, I, my goal is to write my own thing. Yeah. But I tried like one draft and my manager was like, that was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: oh.
2: but I think it's because I just, I'm not used to writing scripts. It's just different than, you know, stand up. Yeah. So. I can write shorts. I've written a couple short films and stuff, but I haven't written like a full thing
0: yet. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45
1: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at noom.com. That's n o o m.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: That that part of the writing process is a real different skill set. I completely agree. I've I've tr- I've tried to do it before. And I've been lucky enough to collaborate with people who are much smarter than I am. And I don't think I could have done it without that because that three act structure, um, yeah. like the, the sort of the flow of like, set up this scene and then some jokey jokes, and then it's got to go somewhere and set up the next scene, and then <laughs> jokey jokes, and then too many jokey jokes are not enough or it ends weird. Right?
2: Yeah, it's, it is a structure thing. So maybe, maybe I just need to accept collaborating with people to write something.
0: I, I, I guess I falsely assume that because everyone has streaming services now, like all the big companies have streamers. It's like, why the fuck doesn't everyone just get a show? Like there's, I infinite, know. it's not like you're competing for a Thursday at 8 PM slot. There's infinite bandwidth on your streaming service. Why not just give every comedian a show? Why don't what I, do you
2: think of this NFT stuff?
0: Like, I, I don't know yet. I mean, it's, it, it definitely feels, feels like a bubble. Um, yeah. But I do, I do believe that it will settle into a place because the thing that I really um, am drawn to about it is that, you know, if you buy a piece of art, that art can change hands, but the original artist that doesn't affect them. you know, like they don't get paid every time someone else. So if people are trading something on the chain of a piece of art, in theory, I guess my understanding is that the original artist will get a cut of that sale as it changes hands. And so I find that really interesting. And also that it's a digital asset can be so many different types of media that I, I think people will get creative. I think there'll be an initial land rush at first of like, you know, Oh, I, I photocopied my nostrils and I sold it for 10 grand, but I don't know how, you know, like, I, I, I feel like it'll start. Remember how, like when VR was big a handful of years ago and everyone was like, everything's going to be in VR. And it's like, well, some things work in VR, but not all things work in VR. True. I think it could be like that. I don't know. What do you think?
2: No, I just don't know much about it. I just keep seeing people talking about it. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, are comics going to start doing that? Like, are they going to start selling specials as an NFT?
0: Or moments, you know, like, I think it's one of those things where it really appeals to the to collectors. Um, mm. And it was, I'm not a sports person, but I understand this idea as a collector, as you see all this Disney stuff that's behind me. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Uh, you know, like there's there's a big market right now for for like heart, diehard sports fans like buying NBA moments. Oh, that you know, like I bought the moment where, and you know, and some people go, well, that's dumb. You know, you're not owning a physical thing. And it's like, yeah, but it's really isn't it kind of like with any sort of art where it's the bragging right of like I own that thing, where that person says like I bought that moment, and they can't do anything with it other than they have the satisfaction of knowing that they kind of own that piece of history in a way. And so with standups, I think it could be the kind of thing where, you know, like there might be like NFT carve outs and contracts now. Like, so when you shoot a special, maybe you have the right for a certain number of your own NFT moments that you can sell or companies will try to jump on that. So like CBS Viacom is like, we're going to own a handful of NFT rights to sell. And it might just be like another revenue stream, but I honestly don't know. I mean, is that, do you, do you think that's something that you are going to look into or get involved with?
2: I mean, I wasn't really thinking about it, but I just keep seeing it everywhere. You know, so it just, it just sort of sparked my curiosity. I was like, it would, it could be fun to do something just as that, right? an experiment, but I still don't understand what it is. So I guess I'd have to figure out what it is first.
0: Okay, I, this, this I'm really interested to hear your take on. What are your thoughts on TikTok? And I, I know I sound like an old person when I say this. I feel 100. As a comedian, I feel like uh, it's a performance platform. I should be on it. Most of my friends are posting shit all the time. And yet, like, I just don't know if I have the emotional energy for a whole nother platform.
2: I don't. I can't. I just can't get into it. And everybody tells me, like, you need to be on TikTok. You need to be on TikTok. And I just can't gather the strength to do it.
0: It does feel like, like when you start thinking about setting up something and planning stuff or whatever, it's like, well, now that's a job.
2: <laughs> yes. And I just don't really understand the platform in general. Like, I don't get the point of it.
0: Okay, so I felt the same way when it first launched because it was a lot of just people like lip syncing and, and you know, and then I saw an article that very succinctly kind of basically said, you know, Instagram, because I said, well, like, why is it different than stories? Instagram is really kind of a lifestyle blog and TikTok is a performance platform. And I was like, that's it. So it it makes sense from that point of view. But... I just, you know, I also just feel so exhausted by how we're like that. Your,
2: your expression right now is exactly how it makes me feel. Like just putting your like hands on your head, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have the emotional energy to be judged by like to, for another fake metric to help me feel, you know, like whether or not I should be performing or not? Like, I I just don't know.
2: No, I don't. I've, I've opted out. I, I don't feel bad about it. You know, I just, I'm putting my energy to other things. I just don't care.
0: You know, there are people who go like, well, you know, you just don't pay any attention. You just like, you put it up if you like it. And then whatever, like if people watch it, they watch it. If they don't, they don't. And it's like, yeah. But even people who say that, I'm sure they look and go, oh, this one only got like a thousand likes, but then the other one got like a hundred thousand. So what's the difference? And what do I... Do I need to start doing more impressions? Like the second I start feeling like, do I need to start doing more impressions? I'm like, okay, you're being ruined by like, don't let it go. Let it go.
2: I think there comes a point where you just have to say, what do I actually like doing? Yeah. And not what do I, what am I supposed to be doing? Or what do I need to be doing? Or what are, what's someone else doing?
0: Well then, I would reintroduce back to you what you said to me earlier: is you might just be very healthy. <laughs> you might be too. <laughs> you might be too healthy to do TikTok.
2: <laughs> that's a good. That's a good callback, Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, if we are actually at the point where we can say, like, you know, just do stuff because you like it, now, and even and even honestly, I do wonder because I, I find it very interesting. Like, I, I think the intuitive. Like, people would intuitively think, like, well, if someone has a big audience on on one platform, they have a big audience everywhere. But I think what we're learning is that the platforms are very platform-specific. Like, people who have big YouTube followings, those people don't always follow them to Instagram, who don't always follow them to TV, who don't always – like, sometimes they do. But if you have a big following on TikTok, does that mean that, you know – 10,000 people are going to show up at your comedy show and I don't think so, but I don't know.
2: I don't think so either. I I don't even I don't even know about Twitter because I have a huge Twitter following but I, they don't always show up.
0: Yeah, I think there's it's it's a lot different. It's a lot, you know, like when you're just looking at something on your phone which is wherever you happen to be is a lot different than you know exerting the energy to trade in money to physically go to a place at a specified time and sit and be in an audience it just the those things because i think in the early days of twitter everyone assumed like oh my god if you have you know a lot of followers you know even if one percent of your followers blah 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 and it's like oh they but it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really work that doesn't really work that way like it's a digital platform that people have in their pocket basically
2: right I don't see it translating and I think it doesn't even TikTok to television doesn't always seem to quite translate
0: yeah because it's the medium itself is a is there they're sort of like every platform has a different dialect and a different sort of communal language that isn't like you can't like a TikTok, like doing a TikTok bit on television is a little odd because it's not, the medium isn't right for that. It has its own language and its own and TikTok is its kind of its own thing. So I'm, yeah, from that standpoint, I kind of think about if I, have, if I have limited energy, what's going to get people to come out to shows? And I just, I'm not convinced that TikTok is going to do that. I guess you're right. If it's fun for you, do it. And if it, if it seems like a chore, then don't do it.
2: Right. Like if you if you'd rather do your podcast, do your podcast. I I don't even have a podcast. So like I'm ancient history.
0: (laughs) You're the last holdout. (laughs) I am the last. Hey, come on. What are you what are you waiting for? Everyone's come on. Everyone's got a podcast.
2: (laughs) I started writing blogs because I'm so old school. I'm like, I'm gonna go back to the first content.
0: That's smart. Come it's going to come back. That's so smart, Erica. Because I'm telling you people are going to be like, "God, I miss blogs." You know, like I just this all this video shit, I just want to sit and read, you know? Like you actually might be onto something.
2: <laughs> well, I figure some people you can either keep trying to be ahead of the trends or you can just go all the way back.
0: But all the way back is retro and you know, yeah. Cassettes went away for a long time and now they're kind of back.
2: Wait, what did?
0: Cassettes.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm going to yep. be a cassette comedian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should only release your next special on cassette and that's it.
2: That would be funny.
0: I mean, I you know I was I was in a very healthy way jealous of Gaffigan because he started his email list in like I mean, I want to say like 2002, or it was like some ridiculous long time ago, where he would he when he was just doing clubs, he'd pass out a sign up sheet, he started collecting emails, he never uh-huh. stopped, and now literally the guy can sell out huge venues just off his email list, and I'm like, fuck, I was so busy chasing every new like Friendster, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, you know. That I should have just stuck with the fucking original and then you know I'd have like 18 years of an email list.
2: Man, I've had club owners from the beginning say collect emails and I never listened. And <laughs> it's yeah, that is the smartest thing. Everybody gets emails.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What what way are you finding is getting like how are you how are you reaching audiences the most for is it frequency of touring it, along with Twitter, along with certain amounts of press? Like, what do you, how are you marketing the shows?
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely notice in different venues, it feels like I have different turnouts, you know, because uh, wise guys, I did a dry bar special yeah, and that seems to really help there. So I have good turnouts there, but other places I don't have great turnouts.
0: It's it's hard to know sometimes because it feels like even as vocal as you can be on social media about a show I it have you noticed that no matter what city you're in you could be talking about a show leading up to it a million times and then you leave that city and the next week someone's like when are you going to come to Denver and you're like I was
2: just I, I know it's like they don't pay attention nobody pays attention to your
0: posts well, there's just so many now, like it's just all, it's just, it's just so much.
2: I think, I think you're right. I think the email thing is the main thing. Yeah. I should be sending out emails telling people where I am.
0: Yeah. I, I, I do. <laughs> I do think about those, you know, in, in the time really kind of before the internet, it's like, oh, you'd go on Johnny Carson once. And then all of a sudden all your rooms would be full and you're like, ah. Oh. By the way, I
2: spoke to a 25-year-old who said she didn't really know who Johnny Carson was.
0: Oh, I totally get that, because he's been off the air longer than she's been alive.
2: But, like, how do you not know who he is?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because he left in, like, 92 or something, so he's been... he's been—he's Johnny Carson's time off the air is now a grown-ass adult. It's a 28-year-old... You know, it's he's about about to round thirty. You know, it's but
2: just, isn't it crazy to think that people chase fame so much, but fame barely lasts at all?
0: It, it, you know, it, you're absolutely right, and and it and we are in a time now where everyone, like the fact that people refer to themselves as brands, it's like well, people have just become mini corporations, and fame is like a part of the economy of it. But yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't give you anything lasting and it's not entirely real. So it really is just about feeling like a momentary sense of attention, but that's also a hamster wheel. Cause that, I think once people are on that, it's like, there's never enough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think that's why I really, I know it sounds kind of like idealistic, but I really do think if people could just focus on doing the things they actually like doing it would make people happier.
0: I could not agree with you more. And I know that that's difficult to implement sometimes, especially because we work in a business where we to a degree need the attention of people because we're comedians and also we need people to show up. But it's just how you know finding that balance between getting enough so that you can perform, but not so much that it becomes like obsessive or addictive or unhealthy, you know?
2: How much time would you say you spend on, on uh, social media a day?
0: I mean, I don't, not as much. Like, I don't know. In the last few months, I just, I haven't really felt like posting anything. I'm just sort of like, I don't, who cares? You know what I, (laughs) like, I just feel like who cares, you know, like no one cares what I did, you know, the world, (laughs) you know, like i I,
2: who who wrote on twitter at one point like i'm back and i was like nobody nobody noticed you were gone. <laughs> like you don't have to say i'm like back
0: i just feel like i'm doing the world a favor by posting less because there's just so many posts and there's just so much to keep up on and i just sort of feel like you know and then and then i and then i watched that that documentary on netflix when i came, uh, this. Um, the social... Oh, fuck. I can't remember what it's called. Oh,
2: yeah. The social experiment.
0: I think so. Yeah. But And it's basically the stuff that we already knew, which is like, well, everything is commodified by, by someone in some way. And so it's all just designed to keep you on there and turn everything that you think is a meaningful emotion into a way to sell a banner ad or market something at you. And so, you know, so I don't know. I... I mean, I'll, I'll sort of scroll through cause I, you know, like I like to see what other people are up to and I follow a lot of like house restoration, uh, accounts and, and, and piano and guitar accounts and stuff. And so I feel like I'm exposed to a lot of, I, I feel like I'm directing the algorithm, like just show me this shit, you know, um, what do you, what do you follow mostly?
2: Um, probably mostly comedian type people, but then sometimes I'll get into psychology. Yeah. Like I'm really into psychology right now. So like, I'll follow people like that.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it. I do think I was trying to, I was trying to turn it into a bit and it just, I could never, I could never give it the legs that it needed to really be funny as more of just like a, huh. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, uh. A friend of mine and I used to refer to those bits as uh, the club name was uh, Charlie Good Points, or <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's a good point," but it's not. Oh, that's.
2: Funny. I think I have a bunch of those. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Charlie Good Points. And Charlie point, Good Points. Point, the point being that you know, someday, are we going to look at this period of time in social media the way that we look at like cigarettes or like you know, like it, in the 30s, the 40s, 50s, everyone smoked, and that, but now we look back and go, "Oh my God, they smoked on planes." And that someday, that we'll look back at social media and be like, everything, that's, everything that everything that we have that well, most things that aren't healthy started as like a, a well-intentioned, like maybe it was good for you, like how heroin used to be in cough syrup and cocaine was in soda, and then they were like, oh no, no, that's bad. And so, will that also be the same with social media? And and so, when you say you're looking at psychology, are you sort of are you studying sort of like what some of the the effects might be? Do we even know at this point?
2: Oh no, that was just to see why I was dating so many narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) You'll give me too much credit.
0: (laughs) I know there was a, there was a, there was a really great bit in your thing about, uh, we both need to love you less, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great joke. It's a really great joke. Thanks. Have you been, uh, do you, do you, have you? I know you've been doing a lot of stuff. Has your, do you feel like your writing has been thriving in this last year? Do you, are you inspired a lot or how, how have well, you? Well, been...
2: it's been, it's been tough because I think, you know, because we haven't been experiencing a lot with other people. Like I think I generated most of my material from other people, you right. know, just weird interactions with human nature. Yeah. And so without that, I have a lot of material that's like, I was watching this or I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the grocery store again, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I really was thinking about, cause it, the thing, when I, when I listened to sad lemon, I hadn't listened to like a, like a club In a really long time, and it just—I had that feeling of like, oh my god, I miss this so much. Like, I really do. Like, you can kind of hear, you know, like the crowd and some glasses clinking. Like, just the vibe of the club—it really made me miss it. Like, oh, that's a thing that I
2: used. Yeah, like the sound. It is true. There's nothing real. There's nothing like it. I think that's maybe why we just don't feel great about social media because we know there's nothing that captures the essence of what we do, like a live show.
0: Yeah, and the, and the getting to meet other comedians or meet local comedians and sort of like discover new people and just all feel like that that communal aspect, it's so tempting to never leave your house because we don't really, you know, like it's, there are a lot of things that are designed to keep us at home, you know? and uh, And then we couldn't leave. But yeah. <laughs> so, like the communal aspect of it is so... It's so important.
2: Yeah. Like this weekend when I was at Wise Guys, I just sat with the openers for like two hours after the show just talking about jokes, you know?
0: Oh, that's great. It
2: just felt so good to just talk shop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys did you pull out notebooks and go over jokes or were you just sort of talking about like jokes in general?
2: Um, we sort of just went over different things, I think, during the show. And then we were helping I think we we're just naturally helping each other with tags and stuff.
0: Oh, that's the best.
2: I know. It, it felt really nice to just be able to talk about
0: jokes. So are there other shows that you have coming up or where, you know, like where can people see you as the touring, you know, begins to open up more?
2: Um. Well, I'm going to be at Goodnight's um, the 8th to the 10th. Yeah. And then I'll be... Um, in Seattle at Laugh Seattle, yep. And then I'll be in Iowa at uh, the Des Moines Funny Bone. Cool. And I think that's it for now.
0: What's your ideal touring schedule? Would you are you someone who wants to tour like you know forty five weeks out of the year, or do you like to have it a little more in moderation?
2: I think I go through phases. Like when I'm, I don't know if you feel this, but like when I'm on the road, I'm like, I can't wait to get home. And then when I'm home, I can't wait to get on the road. So I'm just, I'm like never satisfied.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's necessary? Like in, in, in the sort of, in your pursuit of psychology, do you feel like a certain (laughs) amount of dissatisfaction is necessary to kind of keep us motivated
2: Yeah, probably you kind of have that you need a little angst I think right to keep doing it because it isn't I mean it's not an easy job you know it's not like a normal thing to want to do
0: right but I also wonder like is comfort the enemy of art like do we are we creative because we're dissatisfied in some way or we're like we feel uncomfortable or we're trying Have you
2: ever read by the way I was just talking to somebody else about this book have you read a gentleman in Moscow Moscow
0: no, no.
2: um by a more tolls uh I don't know how to pronounce anything right now like Amortole <laughs> bad Moscow it's Moscow right like you're it's not Moscow
0: I mean I you know I don't know I've always said Moscow but but you know, I grew up in the South, and sometimes <laughs> you know, like Southern pronunciation. Wait, where did you grow up again? Um, primarily Tennessee, uh, but oh, cool. But, but but we moved. My family, my mom and stepdad, and I moved to California when I was in high school. So I, I've been here for uh, a considerable amount of time. Um, but I still feel like, I, but I have Southern roots.
2: Right. Okay. Um, Anyway, it's a great book, A Gentleman in Moscow or Moscow, Um, (laughs) because there there's a great the reason I thought of it is there's a great passage about like, you know, how he used to live this high life of convenience and everything was handed to him on a silver platter. And then there's a great line where he's like, but like the inconveniences are what mattered most to me. And I don't know, I just always think of that. Uh, I always think of that passage, like whenever things are really difficult, where you're just like, actually, that's where a lot of the good stuff is.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's such a great point be, th- that you bring up, because it it is like, that's where growth happens. That's where like creativity can happen. And, you know, I, I always sort of make the comparison with like, you know, someone can make a $200 million movie and it's not great. And someone can make a $2 million movie and it's brilliant. And they're like the $200 million movie often can almost suffer from infinite resource where it's like, well, they they didn't necessarily have certain obstacles that they had to think around. So they just kind of threw money at it. And that doesn't always, you know, but having those obstacles are the things that kind of um, inspired creativity that, they created necessity to figure out, like, to problem solve.
2: Yeah, I I definitely think that's true. Um, I think that's often why, like, you know, comics like Chappelle still go out to the, you know, he still goes out to these clubs and just workshops stuff with with comics who are, you know, still doing the grind and everything. He's like, I got to be with the people doing the grind.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it definitely... There just isn't any other energy that's like it. There's just nothing. There is literally nothing else that you could compare it to. There's nothing else that can substitute for it. And it's just getting a group of people in a room, you know, telling them some jokes, having fun for 90 minutes, and then you leave, they leave, and then you start it all over again. There's just nothing else that really feels quite like that.
2: Yeah, that's why. I mean, I I guess that gives me hope that it's never going to completely die,
0: you know? Oh, comedy? No, yeah. I don't. It won't. People need it and, and, and people still appreciate it. And and especially now, like, you know, it's, it, I think we've realized that these kind of communal experiences are, are, are really, you know, necessary. I mean, I, I don't think people are going to maybe go back into offices in a lot of cases for quite a long time, <laughs> but certain communal experiences, I think, are, are really needed to kind of like, to connect, you know, like it's.
2: Yeah. It's it's the connection that I crave for sure with that. And you don't get that online.
0: No, no, because I think it, it, it's like a good substitute. It's sort of like a protein bar versus like, Oh, you actually ate a meal, you know, like, because it, it, it satisfies a little bit of the connection. But I still think your brain processes it in a different way than when you are in a room breathing the same air, you know, looking at people's faces and, you know, like we didn't evolve to look at a weird moving two-dimensional representation of things. We evolved to be communal, I think. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And there's something kind of, especially like during this time, it felt kind of, um, I don't know, sort of, it just felt peaceful. Like, oh, everyone's freaking out online all the time. And then you see people in real life and everyone's like, oh, we're o- like, we're okay. You know, like, <laughs> like everyone's doing okay. <laughs>
0: have you, have you been in a situation yet where you're in the club and then like someone coughs in the room and everyone just kind of turns slowly? I, I feel like I have a weird fear about that, that I want to be in a club and someone's going to go, <laughs> and then everyone's going to be like, <gasps> like, has that happened? Oh
2: yeah, that's true. Actually, I haven't even noticed that.
0: Oh, good. Okay, good.
2: Yeah, I haven't noticed that.
0: Good, good, good. good. Yeah. <laughs> no coughing. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm still, I, I feel like it's good. There's going to be a readjustment period, you know, to to really kind of get comfortable with it again. I just, I don't know, quite know what to expect.
2: Are you, are you like, do you have a goal as far as timeline goes?
0: No, you know, you know, my wife and I, like I said, we're, we're, Taking it slowly. And I guess if I were to take a stab at it, maybe the fall. Like, if everything keeps moving along in a positive direction, you know, then I would say the fall seems like a likely... And I know that, you know, there are places I could go before, but I just feel like I may not be emotionally ready. And also, I don't think my new set's going to be ready by then anyway, so... Yeah, I don't know that. That's kind of part of it too.
2: I don't even know when you said um, the fall. I was like, "What are we in right now?" Like, oh, we're in the spring. I guess we're we're in the spring.
0: It's already April. This is
2: crazy. This is crazy.
0: Yeah, it just it's just moving so fast, and and I just wonder. Have you got?
2: Have you spent a lot of time outside during this time?
0: Yes, because. We coincidentally got a dog a month before quarantine. We got a puppy a month before quarantine. And Lydia said it was the best thing that could have happened because otherwise, like it's, he's the thing that gets us out of the house. We go on walks. Those walks are wonderful they get us outside it's like i don't think we would have thought to just walk around the neighborhood without a dog so that's been good what, what kind of here? dog is it oh he's called an otter hound it's like a giant um sort of like a cousin of an irish wolfhound so he's a big he's like 120 pound dog and Whoa. Um, he sort of looks like a big sheep dog um they're very sweet tempered. he's a, he's a sweet dog but um you know that's great
2: that you have a dog now
0: yeah have you been getting outside well you've been traveling so you have been going out
2: yeah but I've also been I got much more into hiking I never was like a big hiker before and then now I now I really need to be with nature more so that's been really nice
0: that's good and and do you feel like uh you know when we're young it's so easy to kind of take the piss out of people be like oh what are you hiking what are you meditating what are you doing yoga for whatever and you start to get older and your head just feels like this jumbled mess and then you start doing that shit and you feel better and you're like god damn it they oh this is yeah it really does
2: work yeah (laughs) you're like oh the cliches work it's so annoying
0: you connecting with nature yeah 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 i am okay because it's gonna get you out of your fucking head (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
2: i know and it's right there and we live in la so we don't really have an excuse you know it's like right there
0: i know and we're so weather spoiled you know
2: i saw a deer at um griffith park
0: oh um, that's great
2: and i was walking alone and it was like early earlyish but it had just rained so no one was out yeah and there was just this deer just standing there like in the middle of the path
0: that erica that was your spirit deer you know i don't want to
2: i
1: thought so i thought so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that deer is your patronus now like whenever you're up against something that you're just going to be able to cast a deer it's just going to be a deer yes how fucking rad would that It was very be? magical if you were being heckled and then all of a sudden a fucking deer just appeared and like stomped on a guy like how how much fun would that be
2: that's so imaginative <laughs> like I feel like that's some surreal you know what's his name David uh...
0: Lynch no I'm just stealing from Harry Potter it's just yeah. Harry Potter
1: oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it was someone else's imagination I just was borrowing I was thought it was boring. more
2: sophisticated than that no <laughs> no no
0: no, no. I'm just, uh, I was just referring to a young adult book series
2: my niece and nephew love Harry Potter
0: yeah you know I should say adult book series you know what (laughs) adult young adult adult we were adults we're adults it's fine (laughs) Um, uh, you know as we're wrapping this up is there anything else you want to plug Uh, Levian Rhodes is when is it actually Comedy Dynamics is putting it out when does it actually drop
2: April 13th
0: April 13th fantastic I think it's so cool that you did this and oh uh,
2: thanks
0: no, it's it's just been uh, it's always great. Like I love, like you know, meeting funny people and then watching how they flourish and how they kind of have their own paths and stuff. And so you know, it was a real pleasure to have you on the show. And uh,
2: likewise, it's nice to actually talk to you because even though I did at midnight, we never really got to chat. So it's nice those, to get to talk.
0: Was so insane. I mean, the when I think about doing that show four days a week. Cause it aired the Great. same day. Just the turnover rate is in, It was insane. Like when some people say, do you miss that midnight? I go, I miss it, but I don't miss the schedule because you're just, you just can never even sit down for a second. It's just go, 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 go. go none
2: yeah. Stuff. It was insane. And you had to talk the entire time. Like you didn't get, you didn't get any breaks during the actual show.
0: No. And I was also like recording podcast, like I was recording podcasts at lunch breaks and a lot of times after the shows. And Oh my gosh. You know, and, and, you know. I'm
2: surprised you weren't more cranky. You were always very nice.
0: Well, I loved what I was doing, but I'm sure, I, but I, but I could, that I had those days where I was just like, I don't, I think I need a break. I think I need to take time off and And it's interesting to hear you talk about like hiking and getting out there and breathing and all that stuff because we really do kind of romanticize this idea that it's a good thing to work yourself into the ground. And again, maybe it's a getting older thing or maybe it's a perspective from the last year, but I sort of feel like I don't, to your earlier point about how fame and all that stuff, it just doesn't last. It's like, shouldn't, you you kind of should enjoy and be, you know, like you shouldn't grind yourself into a nub, Like you should really kind of find the balance. Do you, are are you good at that?
2: Well, no, but I've been really working on it, you know, because I think, I just don't think it's sustainable to, to, to act like that, to put your profession as the main thing with, at the expense of your, your whole being.
0: Yeah, because you don't have any control over how the business goes. You don't have any control over whether you're going to get a part, whether someone's going to buy a pitch, you know, how many people are going to show up, how many. And so, you know, in what ways, in what what advice do you have for people in what ways to not start to place their value in these kinds of external things that can really hurt them if they're not careful because they, you know, it's like you're you have to find that internal value how do how do you how, how would you advise people about that
2: um well I've been doing a lot of work on this and like I think a lot of it is I didn't understand what liking myself meant for a long time you know when people are like you have to love yourself you right. have to like yourself I think before I thought it was like well I love myself if I get this <laughs> right. or I love myself if this person likes me, you know? So now it's more like, oh, I've got these weird traits or I've got this thing about me. And like, I like that about myself. I like this. And I, I'm much more accepting of who I really am than who I thought I was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, like, cause I, like I'm kind of a loner. I like a lot of alone time, but I used to force myself to hang out with people all the time. Cause I thought, well, I should want to be around people. Right. But now that I'm like, Oh no, actually I like being alone, but then I'm also okay with that. Right. Then I'm like, Oh, then it's like, I can just be alone and be okay with it. Whereas before it's like, well, I like it, but I, I shouldn't like it.
0: Right. I, I do think that comes out of that period of time when you're in your twenties though, and you're trying to figure out like, where do I fit in? Where, you know, like where you're just kind of friends with everybody. Cause you're like, you know, And then you start getting older, you're like, well, who am I and what types of experiences do I want to have and who do I really connect with and what's important to me, you know? And I think some of that's just because when you're young, when you're young, young, you just, when you're like a teenager in your, in your twenties, you are just trying to fit yourself into things rather than like just being yourself and kind of letting things come to you that work for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and also just – yeah, I think it's good to take breaks. Like, I think what you're doing is great because you're – you know, I mean, obviously, a lot of people have been doing it. But I think even if there wasn't a pandemic, it would be good to take breaks.
0: (laughs) But I just don't feel – I just haven't felt inspired to write a ton. I, You know, like, I would – it would be nice to say, like, oh, it was a real conscious decision. But I just – I'll kind of, like – I'll make a couple notes here and there, but I just – And then I go, I don't know, you know. And then, but I just don't feel motivated to like like write. So I. But how do
2: you feel in general? Like, do you feel pretty good about things in general?
0: Yeah, I feel well. I mean, you know, besides the sort of horrifying state of the world, I I do feel (laughs) like I, I I will say that the one positive you know, well, the the many positive things is that I've gotten to spend all this great time with my wife that I never would have, we both would have been running off all over to the four corners of the world doing work or doing whatever. And so that's been amazing. Like, I don't, I kind of don't, I don't really want to go back to the other way because I love spending time with her and, and, um, and the dog, it's like, I like the dog, you know, like we'll walk the dog and that's That's fun. And, and so, you know, the space feels good. Like instead of work, 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 work. I got to cram in a little space to just like rest for a day. It's like, no, I don't know. I I, I kind of, the space feels good. I don't feel like, what am I? I'm, I know I'm forgetting something or God, I don't want to fuck up this thing or I hope this, I hope people like this or I hope this is funny or I hope this is, you know, that constant nagging stress that just runs at all the time when you think like, you know, I want to be successful and then but then what comes with that is uh is, can be just that feeling in your chest all the time, like so, like someone's just pushing on your sternum nonstop
2: right it sounds like you're kind of like content
0: yeah and i and and I do want <laughs> and that scare me a little bit because I'm like, what if I'm so content that I'm like, I don't need to travel anymore to do stand up, I like it but I don't, like, I'm, I am worried a little bit that, like, oh, I, I hope, I wonder if I can get back into that mode of, of But touring. maybe
2: it's just an adjustment of, like, how much you need to do it. Like, maybe you don't need to do it every weekend. Or maybe, you know, like, maybe balance is good.
0: Maybe. But I, but I, I love your advice about just sort of finding, like, sort of picking those things that you are, that you like about yourself or you're content with about yourself so that because then that really sort of takes the focus on having to do a thing, you know, like, and, and I think part of it is the, you know, would you say that there's some truth in the wanting to do something, but not needing to do it emotionally?
2: Yeah. Like if, yeah, you think you want or thinking you want to do something versus actually wanting to do it.
0: I just mean like the wanting, like, hey, I want to perform because it's fun. Not like I need to perform because I need people to show up and I need to be liked. And I need that, you know, it's like the wanting something and enjoying it for its own purposes rather than like that. No, I
2: think that's way healthier. Like I'm tr- I'm trying to get to that place. I don't, I don't think I'm there yet because I think I still have that need factor. Right. But I think once you do it for the wanting to do it, you'll probably like come up with all this new material just because you're not forcing it so much.
0: Right. Do you, and then last, last question, are you someone who writes every day or do you, do you kind of make yourself write, Or do you just sort of like as, as you're inspired to write?
2: I sort of write just as I'm inspired to write, but I do write, I do do a lot of free writing. huh. So if I feel stuck, I'll just do like some kind of free write thing.
0: Were there any kind of, uh, I said last question before, but now I guess this is, were, there, were, there, <laughs> were there any tools that you were able to pull from conservatory or to pull from, you know, from acting conservatory or from music school? Or like, is there like sort of interdisciplinary tools that you've pulled in stand up?
2: I think all of those disciplines require just doing it and doing it and doing it. And so I think I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have stuck with stand-up as long as I had you know, in the beginning, cause I was really bad in the beginning, you know, had I not come from other arts because I really, you know, with, with cello, you just pick up the cello every day and you practice every day and you don't miss days and then stand up. It's kind of the same, like you get up, whether you feel like it or not, and you just kind of grind it out. And so I think it's the, re- the repetitive nature of all those arts kind of lends itself well.
0: Do you have any musical advice for this sort of, because cello is incredible technical proficiency is required to play cello as is guitar, as is any instrument, but guitar, really, it's that same kind of stringed instrument. What do you do when you're trying to get something and you feel like I have been trying and trying and trying to get this run on a piece. It's just not getting into my fingers. I don't know. Do you step away or do you push through it?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think you step away for a bit. Okay. You know, unless you have a deadline, like unless you have to learn it by the next day, I think you take a break and then you go back.
0: No one is requiring me to do anything on guitar. So I feel- <laughs> <laughs>
2: do you have a big thing coming up. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have that guitar recital where I'm just going to go stand up. Wait, did you
2: say you play a little piano?
0: I, well, yes, but I play more piano. I play guitar because I can bring a guitar to stand-up clubs and I can't bring a piano. But if I had my choice, I would probably play piano, I think, because I play Well,
2: why don't, if you're, if you're feeling stuck, why don't you just go to the other instrument, take a break and play the other thing for a bit?
0: And be like, I can do this one. And then and then, sort of, yeah.
2: Yeah, get your confidence back up and then go over to the other one.
0: <laughs> because I'm not great at either one. So it can be a little bit Yeah, of just a, go back and forth. A little frustration pong, like just back and forth. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. And I really wish you the best this year. And I I hope, you know, I, I, I hope that it becomes safer and clubs fill up and then, you know, you can have that, that, that giant, you know, room experience again, you know, in no time, I feel like we're close, right. Or some cities to just doing that anyway.
2: I bet we're going to start opening clubs here. Is that what you meant?
0: Well, not just LA, but I just mean like, are there, are, are there cities where clubs are just full now, or are you saying that they're all at, like, 25% capacity?
2: Well, Wise Guys is more than 20. I think Wise Guys is maybe 60% or something.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I feel like that would be good. From the standpoint of like, I wouldn't have to feel responsible for not filling the room. I'd be like, it's just the rules. Like
2: that's what I've been feeling. That's (laughs) I'm like, I wish I could say it. It's really different, but it's this is exactly how it's been.
0: Probably would have sold this out, but uh, you know, protocols and shit. So uh,
2: sixty. I just go and I say, this is a sold out show. Who who knew you just had to sell fewer tickets? (laughs) That's right. I
0: can sell out any venue. Hey, listen, that's all that matters. Like you get to tell you get to you get to reward yourself with the I totally sold out. I mean, by the way, totally flying in the face of all the healthy discussion we had before about don't let things define you, don't wear it. Right. Like, hey, I you sold out. You know, I you sold out this room. I'm good. <laughs>
2: I didn't say I I've arrived yet with being healthy.
0: <laughs> I'm 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 right there with you. I totally, I totally feel the same, but uh, thank you so much for being here, Erica Rhodes. It was so wonderful chatting with you and uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for getting, you know, getting me started on at midnight.
0: Oh, uh, you know, uh, absolutely. And maybe th- maybe there's another panel show at some point in the future and you will absolutely be invited back on that one.
2: Oh, thanks.
0: All right. Take care, Erica.
2: All right. You too. Bye, Chris.
0: Bye.
1: ID t scanning Complete. Enjoy your burrito.
0: Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them.